Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with on Bird Street 65. It is an undefeated Tuesday. I'm going to say that every day until the Eagles lose again. Mm. If the Eagles lose again uh, here on Bird Street 65. Good to have you back, Johnny Mac. Is that our first uh, intimation towards 17-0? and 0? Was that the first one? <laughs> yeah, kind of offhanded. Uh, didn't even think of it that way. Uh, yeah. Calling Probably. it undefeated Tuesday. Um, they didn't make you fly to Seattle to get back to Philadelphia from Los Angeles. No, no, straight through as as good as it can be. But you know, when you're on a plane for six hours out, a little bit less coming back. But uh, hey, if it's nonstop, that's good. Yeah. You take it any way you can get it. Yeah, and yeah. Even if they're flying slow, uh, that's okay. Better than stopping, getting off two hours, paying for overpriced uh, airport food. Uh, having to wait for the next fight. Yeah, no. That, that's one of the biggest scandals in the, in the, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, uh, but, you know, we're trying to lighten things up here. But, yeah, I mean, they they hold you hostage in airports, and, boy, man, yeah, that, those prices, those are ballpark prices, <laughs> uh, maybe times two. Yeah, when I went to the Philly game last week, and I'm going again tomorrow, I didn't, didn't realize how much a – uh 12 ounce beer was these days it's been a while since i actually paid for one how much is it because it's uh, um it, it's got to be it, it way over 10 bucks right uh, yeah um my daughter got one of those like uh, combination fruit juice drinks whatever i don't even know what the hell they yeah. are but uh hers was probably only 10 ounces and mine was 12 ounces cans um was over 30 bucks for oh, drinks yeah that's so amazing th- yeah. 30 and change by the way hat tip to the los angeles rams because they now join the dallas cowboys um yeah they gave us some uh some cocktails after the game so really after i was done after i was done the uh post game show with uh the boys i got to have a bud lights in the press box 
as they're, I sat down for three more hours. So they're, they're pouring out stuff. little barley and hops, huh? That's yeah, not too not shabby. Bad. Not bad. Good on, good on the Hollywood Rams. All right, and good for the Philadelphia Eagles to go to the Hollywood Rams. They win again. They're five and zero. Oh. A lot of good things happened in the game. They did a lot of good things. Once again, imperfect, and we'll nitpick a couple of the things that they need to, as uh, players like to say these days, clean up. Always good to get a little cleanup in, and it's easier to clean up after a win than it is after a loss, and that's where the Eagles are exactly at. Uh, comparing this win to their four other wins, John McMullen, best, one of the best, it's another game. How did you overall evaluate the Eagles from – opening kick to final gun in their victory over the Rams. Well, that's an interesting question. Where would I rate it? You know what I rate it? A typical Eagles game, man. They just, just wore them it, down. It, it's another 2023 yeah. Eagles game. Very similar. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, man, I, at halftime, I was thinking, all right, this this is going to be a problem because they can't deal with uh, Cooper Cup and the slot is this big issue and and they come out in the second half, and they just they just wear people down. And and I think it was Jalen Carter's sack on Matthew Stafford, where it was the violent sack, where Matthew Stafford was he was wanting a, a flag, and it was almost like, all right, I'm done, I'm done with this pass rush. And there were because there were a couple times when you're there live, you can see Cup had people beat downfield for big gains and. Matthew Stafford was just hurried and bad throws over the wrong shoulder, uh, just not putting and, – and this is an accurate quarterback typically. But he was very uncomfortable. And and at the third quarter, I have this giant scoreboard uh, at SoFi Stadium. They had put up at the time Matthew Stafford was getting the football out in 2.2-something 2 seconds. I mean, he was not comfortable. Um, and I think that really helped the secondary, um, and they completely shut him down. I mean, they had like 80, 80, just over 80 yards in the second half. I mean, it was a dominant performance. Um, and then offensively they're, they're, you know, people are going to complain about the red zone and I get it two of six and. Nick Nick said after the game two of five because they were just running out the clock at the end. Even that's not good enough. But they were in the red zone six times. The Rams were in the red zone once, six times, four hundred fifty-four yards again. They've been over four fifteen for four consecutive games. They've only done that five times in their history, Jody, and and they did it last year, and now they've done it this year. I mean this this team. This team is good, and all we can do is nitpick because they're just better than everybody else. Than, I, I, than, I, than everybody they played. They're, they're, on paper, they're better. I mean, San Francisco's in the conversation, obviously, and people are going to say because they style-pointed better, and I have no problem with people saying they're the better team in, in Kansas City in the Super Bowl. But I continue to say they outplayed them. They just made mistakes. No, I think they're better than everybody else. And I wish I didn't because it's more interesting to me when there's problems. They're so stinking good. And I'm sitting there. I, I, I'm i telling you, Jody, at halftime, I'm like, all right, the Rams might 
might sneak this game out. And then they just put their foot on their throat. And they do that each and every week. And we constantly talk about, you know, where are we? 22 of 23, I think. 22 of 23 with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback. I mean, I'm not a win-loss guy as a starting quarterback until it gets to that point. Like, when you keep winning every single week in this league where everybody has these crappy games this year with the exception of the Eagles, and they've had some crappy in San Francisco, but they'll they'll have crappy games, and nobody's going seventeen and zero, and I don't expect the Eagles to go seventeen and zero. But they're just good. They're just really, really good. They are undefeated, is undefeated, and we're down to just two, and it's been that way for a couple weeks since them in San Francisco. And yeah, San Francisco has had more style points, and in truth, style points are meaningless. They're important in college football. They mean nothing in the NFL. The standings are the only thing that matters. So uh, if you want to say the Eagles are tied for being the best team in the National Football League, I agree with you. They are. They're two undefeated team. It's them and San Francisco. One and one A. Put them in whatever order you want. If you do want to go a little further inside, I think you have to say San Francisco has been more impressive to this point, plain and simple. Um, they, they haven't had games that you can pick apart like we pick apart the Eagles. But that, again, becomes irrelevant because they're going to play. At some point, they're going to play. San Francisco's going to come here in December. I said this last night on, on WIP. I would bet good money that when they come to San Fran, when San Francisco comes to Philadelphia, the most that these two teams will be separated is one game. That either the Eagles will be 11 and 1 and the 49ers will be 10 and 2, or the 49ers will be 11 and 1 and the Eagles will be 10 and 2, or they'll both be 12 and 0, whatever the, the amount of games they played before that is. And whoever wins that game is going to have a massive edge in who's getting home field in the playoffs. Because if there's only one game difference, then the 49ers game behind the Eagles, they win that game. They're even with the Eagles to get the tiebreaker because they got that game uh, and vice versa. So whoever wins that game in December, I know it's it's way off, uh, but it is going to be the game of the season. It will be at that point, and I bet good money when the season's over. It will still be the game. We keep changing. We Last week was Buffalo Miami. Oh, the game of the year. Until this week, when it was the 49ers and the Cowboys. Oh, the game of the year. And we'll continue to do this up until the 49ers and the Eagles. And then when that game is played, it'll be the game of the year that week. And it'll probably be the game of the year at the end of the week. Uh, but they're they're the two undefeated teams. And, yeah, off a 42-10 to 10 win over the Cowboys, I think got to put the Niners one and the Eagles two. But, again, doesn't matter. It'll be decided by these two teams on the field. And that's what happened in Sunday was decided against the Rams. And that defensive effort you pointed out was tremendous. And as they just shut down the Rams, Brandon Graham said it after the game. I, I've talked to some guy, you talk to guys much more than I do, but some guys that I've talked to both on air and off air have said halftime adjustments is one of the biggest overrated things no, in the national yeah. football. League. So they go in, overrated. they eat some oranges, the coaches <laughs> give them a little bit of a pep talk. Take, they take talk to each they talk yeah. to each other and they go back out on the field. Yeah. Uh, people think like the coach is there uh, and he's writing yeah. stuff down on the board. Here's what we do different. We got to do that. There's very little of that that yeah. actually goes on in the National Football League. But even if it's just one or two small things, it's considered an adjustment and it should be. 
whatever the hell they did, that was phenomenal. Because they were getting gutted pretty good in the first half. Both uh, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua were running wild and open in that secondary. And you mentioned the upgrade in the passing uh, department that they just made it that much more difficult for uh, Matthew Stafford. But they also, I think, shut it down in the secondary. I think they played better coverage. Um, were you as surprised as I was that Bradley Roby was not only activated, but played as much as he did? Damn, did they get him up to speed fast. No, well, I, I, I was kind of let alerted to that on Friday that he was going to play, but uh, they were going to have him on a pitch count, which was, um, you know, I think a little bit of desperation, to be honest, because uh, they were aware that Cup was uh, going to play. Um, and boy, he was healthy and boy, he is good, Jody, man. It is, I can't say enough good things about Cooper Cup. I mean, the separation he gets just from, and, and from inside usually, um, is unbelievable. Um, it's something to see live. Um, and they really, and understandably, they really struggled early. Uh, and they tried Goodrich first, and they tried Eli Ricks, and it was bad. And, you know, then they kind of went to Roby. Now that was the plan coming in. I asked Nick that um, they were going to rotate all the guys, but clearly Roby's going to be the guy. They just, when he's in football shape completely, and he already is, but um, you know, he's going to be the slot corner moving forward, or it's going to be somebody from outside the organization if he fails. Um, and, and he was better and he was better than those guys because he knows how to play. He's been playing a long time and he knows how to play and he slowed things down a little bit, but I blame uh, Sean McVay a little bit from getting away from it, which I don't understand. You know, when that's a bright offensive mind, I'm arguing people would, a lot of people in this league would say the offensive mind, they choke around the league. You had a cup of coffee with him a couple of years ago. You get a head coaching interview um yeah some of these some of these coaches are strange and that's what i give the eagles credit for when when you're not stopping something they're not going to stop doing it shouldn't no uh, to me it's common sense and the eagles weren't stopping the slot stuff and they just stopped doing it and it was a little bit weird to me and you get these you know, scripted group of plays at the beginning of games. And then when you get off that, you see it all around the league. Guys get very redundant. In McVay's case, I think he wasn't redundant enough. I mean, if they can't stop it, don't stop doing it. So I think he helped. And then I think the pass rush really helped. I mean, Jalen Carter, I can't, I can't, I, I, I don't know what to say anymore, Jody. I'm so disgusted at the rest of this league. If you go back to 2022, when when Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick, and it should have been Aiden Hutchinson in hindsight, but even Aiden Hutchinson, who's a great player, I'm not even talking. He's a level above those guys. He is so clear and beyond everybody else in that stinking draft. And I get it. I get the off the field stuff, but again, I've said this a hundred times. 
he made mistakes due to immaturity. He wasn't Robin Banks. He wasn't Al Capone. He wasn't this nefarious human being. He was just an immature kid, and people were scared off, and they handed maybe a generational player to the best roster in football. The whole league should be disgusted at themselves. He is unbelievable, and he is unblockable. And, you know, if you look at Hassan Reddick closing the game with the two sacks, the one sack, look at it. He's bowling over two people. Um, Even when he's not making the play, he's impacting the play. This is a – Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive players in this organization's history. No, I'm not, I'm not. It's very early, but this guy's got a chance to be way above that. The, the Eagles lost. I'll say one last thing. The Eagles lost one of the best pass rushing defensive tackles in football. Who's doing a great job in San Francisco, by the way. And we don't even talk about it because it doesn't matter right. because they got better. They got better. And they, they, it was mm. handed to them on a platter. It's, it's, a ter- it's a term that's used more often in basketball than it is in football. It's used in both, but uh, I think of it more as a basketball descriptive term than it is in football. But first step quickness. He is so quick. And we, we, we talk about it. And if you get your hands on the film and you got the ability, you can uh, zero in on it. Lane Johnson beats the snap. It's not like Lane Johnson is this unbelievably quick, fast, athletic for his size guy. He is just so well-trained and so smart. He gets that millisecond of a head start ahead of time. And between you and I, a lot of times it could be called a penalty. And they just don't. It's so he is perfected leaving at the exact time he's supposed to leave. Jalen Carr doesn't even need that. He waits till the ball is snapped, and then he just outquicks the guy who's standing there in front of him, who he's just as physically as big as, weighs close to as many pounds, and he just goes by him like he's standing still. His first step quickness, yeah, it, certainly at his amount of uh, play in the league. At five games, I've never seen anybody. I don't care. Name any defensive tackle who's ever played in the National Football League. Their first five games against this kid's first five games, Jalen Carter wins. Now, when we start comparing to Aaron Donald and all-time greats and guys who are either in the Hall of Fame or heading to the Hall of Fame, that might be putting a court, uh, horse before the cart a little bit. But if you're just talking a comp of what one player was at this stage of his career as to the exact same stage of the career of Jalen Carter, Carter's just better. He has had as dominant a first five games in the National Football League at the defensive tackle position as anybody I've ever seen in my entire 50-plus years of watching football. Yeah, I mean, and you look at PFF, just put this up this morning, a PFF grade, number one uh, amongst rookie defenders, sacks, number one, pressures, number one, win rate, pressure rate, number one. I mean – and you bring up his, his quickness. I think it was Lane. I think it was Lane who compared him to Geno Atkins, who's an all-pro 
four-time All-Pro in Cincinnati for people who don't remember him. Great player. But was Gino was really undersized, you know, more in the mold of a John Randall, who I got to cover. Very undersized. So you could understand, yeah, he was amazingly quick. This guy's quick and he's huge and he's stronger than everybody. That's that, that usually you got to get in the NFL. You got to get in an NFL weight room. They always say, you know, old man strength, you know, some of these guys. You, another former Bengal. If you remember Justin Smith, uh, then he went to San Francisco. You might probably the strongest player. You know, he was just ragdoll people. Um, Jalen Carter stronger than everybody. And he's that quick. It, it, it is a combination we haven't seen before because even Aaron Donald, he's undersized, tremendously undersized. Jalen Carter's not undersized. He's six four, three twenty, and he moves like that. And right, so look, so I he, picked on he, the Bears, and it's not just the Bears, but I picked on the Bears the most because they had two shots at him, and they're a terrible team um, with a terrible defensive front. So it's it's magnified. They handed the best defensive front in football, maybe the best defensive in football. I, I, uh, I don't. I, I'll never get it. I can be around for fifty more years, Jody, which I probably won't be. But, um, and I, I'll never get it. I'll never get it. And and to Howie's credit, he went up and got him. Don't forget, the Eagles moved up one yeah. pick to get him. Something between you and me, Howie, you probably didn't have didn't to do. have to. The, yeah. the Bears weren't going to take him anyway. Yeah. If they thought he was that good and they could get past his off-field stuff, they would have taken him earlier than that. So you did. he was so much. It just tells you how, because a lot of times after the fact, well, oh, the Eagles must have loved him. They did. You don't really know. We're not in the, the war room. We're not in the scouting meetings at a time, what their actual grade was and how motivated they were. That proves it. When you move up from oh, number yeah. 10 to number nine, just in case, because you've got the fear of maybe somebody else jumping in and trading with the Bears and giving them more, but the Bears dropping back a little more. I wasn't taking any chances. He loved the kid. He wanted the kid. He had to have the kid. He went and got the kid and paid a price that he may not have needed to pay. Oh, it's well worth it now that we yeah. get a chance to see Jalen. Oh, and they loved him. I can tell you that 100%. And, you know, I, I joked about it. This is the biggest Eagles pick of all time. When people were, were all Bijan, 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 I was like, well, if Carter's there, they're taking Carter. I mean, and I I didn't think he would get there. Um, I thought Seattle might take him. A uh, bunch of teams would come to their senses and say, ah, it's not that big of a deal. We'll take it. And you know, look, what's the old expression? Scared money that don't make money. And the reference of that is, it could it have blown up? Yes, of course. You know, anytime you have red flags, but you know, it's a cost benefit. And these teams, man, I, I mean, and I, and a lot of that, I talk about that all the time, Jody. That's one advantage Howie has over most other general managers. He's got a lot of room to make mistakes. Other guys don't have room to make mistakes. Um. But because they don't have room to make mistakes, they often make mistakes because they're afraid to they do take things. Chances. Yeah, they're afraid to take any chances, right. and they end up worse worse for it. All right, so let me ask you one more Jalen Carter uh, story, uh, question, and then we'll move on to something else. 
He played 71% of the snaps, easily his most so far this year. And we knew it was going to tick up because of no Fletcher Cox in the game. So they needed to cover extra snaps, which, oh, by the way, weren't a whole hell of a lot of them in second half because the Eagles were so dominating. It it came back that they had less snaps than they usually do on defense. But if you go by percentage, 71% for Carter. Fletcher's going to be back probably this week, at the latest the week after that. Um, Carter has proved that he can play those numbers. It wasn't like he was running on empty in the fourth quarter because they they taxed him. They pushed him. They gave him a little bit more on his plate. He ate it, and he gobbled it all up. Is he still going to be a 70% snap guy going forward? Because he just – how do you take a guy who's dominating, snapping and snap out off the field the way he is? Well, I, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, in close games, he's going to be on the field late. So, A, you know, the Eagles tend to have things well in hand. Depends At some point, that makes I, sense. yeah, I expect um, – uh, you know, them to be in a tough game at some point. And then, yeah, he's going to be on the field and then it'll spike those weeks. Um, it's always going to be a rotational position. Yeah. If they're up uh, two touchdowns, you know, they're not going to play him as much. So, um, and like you said, the, the 70% ranking probably not going to hit that number too many times for, for that reason. Plus, yeah. Also, if you're out there for more plays, you know, you're only out there for 56 defensive plays, I think, then, you know, the total number of 39 becomes more important. That's not out- outrageous. If you're out there for 80 snaps and then you're at 70%, then you're probably pushing it. Um, so a couple reasons, but the percentage is probably not going to be that high too much, but the snap numbers might be up if they're in a close game and they're on the field more. Um, and and it should be, and it should keep going up incrementally, but they're lucky enough to have tremendous depth. I mean, Milt Williams stepped in and played well. Um, and he was the other big part of it because he was going to get uh, a few more snaps and he ended up with 33, but he played he played well. Um, Kentavious Street um, was up only 16, but that's more. And he's an NFL player, and he proved that. We even got to see Moro Jomo for a handful of snaps uh, making his uh, NFL debut. They're incredibly deep. And remember, they didn't have Marlin as well, not only Fletcher. So they're in, that's the deepest position on the team. Yep. Um, and they utilized it, and they should. They should. And uh, we certainly break them down to defensive tackle. Even we break down defensive tackles because uh, Jordan Davis plays a specific position on the defensive front. It's not exactly the same as the other defensive tackles, so you can get really in the weeds as to who plays what position and how many snaps and everything else. One more defensive line snap question. Why is Derek Barnett still playing snaps for this team? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I, I, I'm he sorry. Like it. I know By it's the way, piling too- on, but he continues to play week in and week out. And no, I'm not breaking down the all 22 film afterwards and sticking a grade on him like pro football focuses. He does nothing. 
he just accomplishes nothing when he's on the field. Is it just so to not get Hassan Reddick hurt because you don't want him on the field as many snaps as, as you would have to if you just said, yeah, Derek, you can take the day off? Uh, well, I mean, they, it's very similar to defensive tackle. They want to come at you in waves and, uh, you know, they think he's the, you know, I, at some point I expect Nolan Smith to lap him. Um, five games and, in hasn't happened, John. No, but you know, you have the luxury of, of, of taking it slow. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't look the Eagles. I say it all. The Eagles think more of Derek Barnett than you and a lot of the fan base does. Same thing with Quez Watkins. I'm glad that Nick Sirianni, that was literally word for word. Thank you, Nick, of what I've been saying on the show, why Quez Watkins plays. Um, Because, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I got it from Nick. So there, everyone got to see it um, with out of his mouth. So I'm glad he did that. If he ever gets into a Derek Barnett discussion, he'll say similar things. They they value him more than uh, the average fan does. But uh, yeah, I I mean, Nolan Smith, I would like to see pass him uh, because he's not going to be here next year. I know we said that in the past, but this is it. This is it. Um, and. You know, it's the fourth defensive end. That's why we're this team's really good when we're nitpicking the fourth defensive end. They might be able to get a little bit better if they get Nolan Smith up to speed. So you're saying you believe this is Derek Barnett's last year as a Philadelphia Eagle? I do. I, I do believe. I'll I'll make a wager with you on another one. This is Quez Watkins last year. Oh, I believe that as well. Eagles. I believe that as so well. So if both of these guys are halfway out the door. I'm sorry. It just doesn't add up to me. You and Nick can stand together and sing Kumbaya and hold hands. Well, I'm not Fez standing Watkins together. I'm, I'm, I'm of time. I'm and, referencing. And, and, and you said, you're right. You said right here with me last week and Nick said it again. I think you're both off your rocker. The threat <laughs> that is Quez Watkins. What threat? What threat is he? Because he ran a certain time at the Combine three and a half years ago, at some point, doesn't the National Football League, I'm going to give credit to the other 31 teams here in the league and go, they're going to look at Quez on film, at what he's done this year, last year, and every year you move backwards, it becomes less and less important in the evaluation and go, we're running scared of this guy? This is the guy we're going to shift our defense to? AJ's going to get more open because Quez is on the field in the slot. Are you kidding me? You could say that with a straight face, Nick Sirianni. Come on. And, I mean, you know what it reminds me of? In the case of, 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 of Quez, I, well, A, he didn't, he ran whatever, four, three, two, three years ago. He still runs that fast, Jody. It's not like he's lost speed. Um, again, in a league full of fast guys, he's a fast guy. He's, he's fast to them. Um, so, I mean, he said it succinctly and I, you know, if people don't want to listen to him, that's fine. Oh, but, we can listen. We just blatantly disagree. No, I, but I don't it, have to take his word as gospel because the head coach of the Philadelphia. No, I, I didn't say you did. You know, look, there's a, 
you know, what he said, it, 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 and he says it consistently. So, and I, I'm trying to pull up the quote. There's a lot of things that happen that maybe it's a slant that AJ catches where Quez clears the middle to make it a cleaner throw. So that's the point. That's the point I've been trying to say. That when you have these routes, everybody has a design. And you you can't just say, oh, Quez Watkins stinks, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay attention to him. And because he's able to stretch the field it makes it a cleaner throw for the quarterback than if uh, four, six guys in there or, uh, or uh, you know, uh, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus is out there. He doesn't have that ability to create the same spacing. So it's something that doesn't show up. Similar thing in a different way with Zach Pascal that people seem to identify with more now because they see the struggles. Look, it's boring. What Zach Pascal? We 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 said, what does Zach Pascal give me? Well, he doesn't give you much as a receiver, but as a guy who does the dirty work, yeah, you'd like to have him back. You, they would like to have him back. They don't have that uh, trade anymore. I I don't. You, people tend to not call speed dirty work, but when you don't have it, it condenses the field and it makes it more difficult for the quarterback. I mean, I, I know, I know the coach was there because he was on the sidelines. He was coaching the team, but it, it, maybe he didn't see the stat sheet afterwards. Somehow, AJ Brown was able to catch 175 yards worth of passes last week against the Commanders without Quez on the field. How did he do that without the threat of Quez being able to get deep and stretch the defense? Somehow, AJ on those slants was able to come up with 175 yards worth of catches and three touchdowns. I don't know how he did it because I can tell you how he did it without the speed and the thread that is Quez Watkins. I'd be shaking in my boots if I were. uh, You're too much. You're too much. Here, here. I'm going to put this up. You're too much of a box score guy, Jody. I'm going to, you know, I can tell you why. Emmanuel Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes was an abject disaster in Washington. And he couldn't hold up on fade routes one-on-one. So it didn't matter. You could take the other ten people off the field. It could have been it could have been one on one. Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Emmanuel Forbes. That's a Washington Commanders problem. Everything is not the same from game to game. Look, this is a team. I'm not saying they're always right. This is a team that came into the season. That came into the season saying Kenny Gainwell's our best running back, and then Kenny Gainwell got hurt after a pedestrian performance in Foxborough, and they had to play DeAndre Swift, and it was proven that DeAndre Swift was better. I'm not saying they're always right, but they came back and and they said, all right, Alameda got to play. Alameda made some plays, and whatever the rep count was, their decision was uh, 53 to 8, or I have to look it up, Quez was at uh, 52, Alameda was at 9. Alameda was 11%. Quez was well, I, I wasn't looking at PFF. times cause... more than Alameda was, yeah. which I think is, is ridiculous. And they did it for that reason. He explained it in clear and defining terms. They're doing it not for the box score. They're doing it to make things easier for the quarterback to get the football to the big, the real playmakers. And not not that they can't accomplish it with Alameda. 
but it makes it easier. At least they think that. Now, right. if he keeps... And I think they're wrong. I Plain and simple. I just disagree. I understand when Nick explains it. I understand when you explain it. I contemplate it myself. I don't agree. I just think they're wrong. I don't think que the threat that is Quez Watkins helps near as much as either you and or more importantly Nick Sirianni think. It just that well, there's not year, and other the than way, the way they 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 think about it. I'd like a little evidence to be able to uh, and they break down no game evidence. film, which I don't there do. There is no evidence to an intangible. Right. Unless you're watching the tape and you're watching him manipulate the spacing, there is no – that's the point. And he even said the word stat sheet. We, it, it doesn't show up in the stat sheet with Quez. He even said that. That's not me. That's Nick's direct quote. Right. What can't ever show up on a stat sheet with Quez is his ability to stretch the field. His speed is real. That's a direct quote. And when he does leave, and I do think this will be his last season, I do think it's because it's his fourth year, his final year in his rookie deal, and he'll probably get a better deal elsewhere. They will find another 4-3 guy to do the same thing. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's not. they don't want, with, with AJ and Devontae, as long as they're here, and Dallas, they don't want a 4-6 guy. They want somebody to manipulate the spacing to make things easier for those guys. And it's an intangible. It's never going to show up on a stat sheet. All right. And never. If, if Nick Sirianni were here with us, I would ask him, but he's not. So I'm going to ask you instead, who's the other four, three slot receiver in the league that this is working wonders for? That their threat of speed is their third guy who they play in the slot. They don't play, but number one, they don't play him in the slot. Uh, uh, AJ moves in the slot. Devontae moves. In. People get, you know, he's the third receiver. He plays in the slot, but they manipulate and they move people around. And guys, they do slot fades with Devontae and AJ, and they do different things to get those guys open. That's the whole point. They're trying to get those guys open. Um, and, 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 you know, intangibles are intangibles. You know, and part of the thing about Jalen Hurts, people say as, as a great thing because he's a superstar player, but you still hear the people, well, he's only got two, 22 touchdowns last year, whatever it was. Oh, how could he be in the MVP race with 20? He's got an intangible nature that people cannot, not all people, some people cannot grasp, which turns into 22 wins out of 23. I know um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to compare the two as players. I'm just trying to compare the intangibles that that it, for people that need something black and white, a number, there are certain guys that are never going to be impressive to them. And those are role players. And you need role players. Not in the case of Jalen. Right, Jalen's much in the, more in the than case role of, player. In the case of, uh, I shouldn't have brought up, Jalen. I should have just kept with Zach Paschal. I was just because some people criticize Jalen for his lack of stats. Um, but Zach Pascal would be the better uh, comparison in a different because his intangibles are different, but intangibles are intangibles. And when it comes to role players, yeah, I mean, 
they had a chance. I mean, Alameda played okay when Quez was hurt, and they went right back to Quez. And, you know, if he keeps doing dumb stuff and his chances to catch the football, like, you know, he had an easy first down. He tried to kick it outside on that stupid bubble screen. Um, uh, maybe Alameda will get in the equation, but I doubt it, man, because they want – they want that speed. Let, on the let me ask you this question, John. I know we got to take our first break. We're going along here. Um, Kenny Gainwell was the number one back coming out of camp, right? They decided, had the competition. We trust him. He's been here longer. We're still learning about DeAndre Swift. But Kenny Gainwell got the most carries week one. DeAndre Swift got one. Then Kenny misses game number two, and DeAndre Swift goes in and does what he does. They didn't go back to... We've made our decision. Kenny Gainwell is our guy. We're going back to him immediately. No, they saw the evidence of what transpired, and they said, all right, maybe we need to adjust. And that's my point here on Quez Watkins this week. Alameda produced more. I'm not talking about threats here. I'm not talking about perceived what he does by doing certain things, running certain rounds, that he gets other people open blatantly overstated by the coach. I'm just talking about what happened. And Alameda produced more than Quez did. As soon as Quez was ready, he gets back to getting 66% of the stand. and Alameda gets 11. They proved that they're willing to put their overall evaluation through a camp aside if there's evidence to the contrary on the field. Why'd they do it a running back and not a wide receiver? Well, A, uh, the positions are different. Uh, running backs, you know, more of a lead role. Um, and in the case of wide receiver three, you're the third wide receiver. So, again, they're trying – his role is is more clearly defined of I'm trying to make A.J. and Devontae and Dallas. I'll throw him in there as well. Trying to make things easier for those guys. Whereas the lead back's got to make some plays – uh, that's number one. But I brought up DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell for a reason. It's not like the coaching staff is saying, ah, we pick Quez. They 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 already proved they could shift if they want to shift. They don't want to shift. And they don't want to shift for a reason. And they gave you the reason. And that's that's the reason. Because they think, and you said perceived. To them, it's not perceived. To them, it's real. Now, maybe they're wrong but that's what they believe. And this coaching staff, to be quite honest, deserves the benefit of the doubt, I think, at this point. And that's what they believe. And again, they've been successful with Alameda. They've been successful with Quez. Um, they've been successful with insert name. And it has more to do with Jalen and AJ and Devante and Dallas and that offensive line. So when you start getting in the weeds with role players, it's less important. I wouldn't call the lead back, even though it's a devalued position, I wouldn't call that a role player. So it's more important um, to get that right. And if you see a different, uh, a different trait, because they're getting the football, they're getting the football. Uh, with the third wide receiver, they're not getting the football or in a very limited fashion, very limited traffic. So if that's what they want on the field, that's what they want on the field. And like I said, that 
if Zach Pascal was back, you'd probably have a little bit more success on these bubble screens, but you don't have them. So um, role players are, they're never going to be stat guys. And either is Alameda if he plays. You know, he had two catches, uh, big catches. What game was that? Everything runs together for me. But uh, I I think Alameda's better as a receiver. And if somebody got hurt, I'd rather have Alameda in there than Quez. But for a specific, for their specific role of what they want, yeah, I, I get why they want Quez on the field. Yeah. I don't. And uh, if you're going to coach up, and Nick says this all the time, we have to win every snap. We must win every snap. That's what this is all about. Now focus. Win the snap. Win the day. Don't look ahead. You can say the same thing about position. Even if your wide receiver three is your 11th most important player on the field on any given offensive snap, you get your five offensive linemen, your quarterback, your two wide receiver, your tight end. All of a sudden, who's left standing? Wide receiver three. So, yeah, he's the 11th most important guy on an offensive snap. That's your job, is to get the most out of your 11th most important guy on every single snap. But I know they, it's real. They do. And now I'm getting to I work for the team on the uh, – boy, that pisses me off. I wish this team stunk so I could rip them the high hell. I can't rip them to high hell because they're really good. I, I find fans very interesting because they either think I hate this team or I love this team. What I'm telling you is what Nick Sirianni believes. And for this week, for this week, he actually said it himself. He said the same stinking thing. It's not from me. I've been saying that. It's him. That's what he right. wants. But John, you, you're saying you believe it too. You agree with him. Do you agree with Nick Sirianni that he is put, putting forth this perception? And yes, yeah, the word I use, and I'll stand by it. A perception of Quez Watkins, because whether he is or isn't a stat guy, whether I pick up a stat sheet or not, I, I'd like to have some, uh, some, some proof that I can wrap my head around other than this is what we think happens when Quez does something out of play when he actually does nothing. So if the head coach of the football team, who's an offensive guy, says this is what he provides, why is he lying about that? Why why would he lie? Do you really believe that Nick Sirianni never gets anything wrong? No, he gets a lot of stuff. Well, wrong. then that's what we're doing. I don't think he's. I'm not. I'm not accusing him of lying. I'm accusing him of being wrong. And Nick Sirianni gets stuff wrong. He gets much more right than he does wrong. But when you get some wrong, and I think you get some wrong, I'm gonna point out that I think you got a wrong coach. No, that's fine. But before you were saying, you know, uh, that's that's my point. Why would he do something he doesn't want to do? He can do whatever the hell he wants for the most part when it comes on the field. So he could bench Quest tomorrow. Maybe he does in two weeks if he keeps doing these stupid things. He already benched Kenny Gainwell for DeAndre Swift. That's why I brought it up. He's willing to make these moves when he sees that he's made a mistake or he's made a misevaluation or he's made this and maybe it happens. But for, for this particular team at wide receiver three, that's where the comp of Swift and Gainwell loses and goes off track for wide receiver three. Again, if AJ gets hurt, which you don't want to happen, 
if if Devonte gets hurt, which you don't want to happen, it becomes a different conversation because then you need actual production. Then you need actual production from a receiver. And if it were me, I would I would go with Alameda. I think he's a better receiver. In in that instance, if you need somebody to catch the football with traffic, and I get, believe me, I get it. People say receiver, and they used to say it with Riley Cooper back in the day. When you talk about blocking, same thing with Zach Pascal. When you're talking about blocking for a receiver, that's not a good thing first. Yes, if it's if it's a guy you're counting on. If it's your fourth receiver and his role is to block, it's not a bad thing. If it's your third receiver and his role is to make things easier for the top three, and I'm talking about Dallas as well again, it's not a bad thing. If it's if he's got to produce, it's a bad thing. Understood. And yes, you can actually break down game film and you can see where blocking can. On the given play that you design where you need blocking for a wide receiver, he gets the job done. That to me, you can you can come up with evidence that, wow, this guy's doing a job. It's not the most important job on the field, but we have a job for him and he's doing it real well. I don't see that with Quest. All I hear, all I see is he runs fast. And and they think that he brings coverage with him when he goes. And I just don't believe That's that. That's easy to see for the coaches. I mean, that is easy to see. I mean, if a guy's not paying attention, and by the way, they can't do that, Jody. They can't just let him run through the field. They can't. They, 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 they get fired. You know, you could say, well, you're going to throw a 60-yard bomb to Quez and he's going to drop it. Well, He's got a long, he's got the 90 yard play. He's got the long touchdown against Minnesota. He's got a couple long touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, you, you, as a head coach or a defensive coordinator of the opposition, whether it's a Lama, well, whatever the name is, you can't let any NFL receiver run behind you. Understood. But my point is that if a Day runs that same route and he runs it one tenth of a second slower than Quez. Is that really giving the safety the chance to cheat in and, well, and get up and take the slant away from A.J. Brown? I don't think so. And if and when the safety does get sloppy and lets him get behind him, yeah, I'm going to take Alameda catching the ball over Quez every day of the week. Well, there's, I mean, Tyreek Hill is the fastest, is the most productive fast receiver in the history of football. Uh, in my estimation, because usually fast guys, really fast guys, I mean, really fast guys are not the best when it comes to route running hands. He he's managed to put it all together and he's a special, special player. But yeah, there is a huge difference between a four, three, two guy and a four, six guy in the NFL. A huge, huge when it comes to speed. That yeah, is Alamade's not four six. Alamade's yeah, he ran four five nine. He's four six. I mean, that's what he is. Quez ran a lot what? of guys. Four three two quest. Okay. So we're talking about two tenths. I two mean tenths that, that, that if you don't think that's huge, if you don't think that's huge in the NFL, I can't help you. That that is that is in real time, that is enormous in the NFL. Enormous. Uh, an, an enormous difference. 
enormous. Right. But again, we're now four years removed from the time that Quez ran that time at the combine. Uh, I, so now we're I, saying he's slow? I'm, no, I'm not saying he's slow, John. I'm just not going to revert to it's a time they ran four years ago in shorts in Indianapolis. To me, uh, that He might be faster because he's been... He might. And he, he might not catch the ball as well as he used to either. At least that's what I'm seeing. Well, I don't think he's ever called the ball well. He's John McMullen. I'm Jordan McDonald. We are Birds 365. Ricky Ricardo, voice of the Eagles in Espanol, is going to join us. Come up in a couple. Stick around. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac. John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on uh, Birds 365. Ricky Ricardo in a little bit. uh, Give us an eagle in Espanol perspective. uh, The voice of the Eagles in Spanish. Ricky Ricardo is going to jump in with us. All right, John, I want to ask about another Eagle receiver, not wide receiver, but a receiver who had a bust-out game this week, and that's Dallas Goddard. Um, they, they had made it 
part of the game plan previously to make sure Dallas Goddard got the ball on a couple of games. He wasn't as big a factor. Game one, he had one ball thrown his way. Uh, Last week against Washington, they only targeted him twice, but they did target him a lot in the Minnesota game. Got seven balls thrown his way, most of them in the first half, and seven balls against Tampa as well. Nine this week, eight receptions, 117 yards, certainly a bust-out game, far eclipsed what he did in all four of the first four games combined in this one game. Did they change anything? Did something work more than it has to this point? Um, just trying to understand if either Goddard said something or the offense coordinator said no, or Sirianni said something. Here's why the aspect of Dallas got in our past game grew by leaps and bounds this week. Did anybody have any uh, explanation as to why it worked out the way it did on Sunday? Um, they will claim it just went that way, but yeah, they, 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 they heard all the talk and, and I got the business from Nick Sirianni cause they kept hearing it all week about why, why isn't Dallas Goddard, uh, getting the football. Um, and you know, there's an example of the coaching staff, you know, they can get them the football if they want the football and they made a concerted effort to give them the football. Now, they will tell you on the big play, the 49-yard play, Nick specifically said that was designed to go to Devontae Smith, and he was the second option. So, yeah, there are times where the progression goes to where it goes, but right. the first four games were such a disparity of what he typically produces. There was obviously an issue, um, and they wanted to 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 correct that issue, and they were able to do it um, – against the Rams and it was, you know, this was Devonte Smith's week to do nothing basically. And you know, they might hear about that this week and they, you know, everybody calls it a good problem to have, but a good problem, problem. still has the word problem in there. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. And it's a problem to keep all these guys happy and all these guys getting fed. And that's why I say, you know, I, I and and I go I don't I don't want to revisit Quez anymore because I'm sick of it. But you know the assumption is you just get the best group of people, and this guy get the best receiver, get the best five receivers. A receiver drives me insane because you know if you're fourth or fifth, you got to fifth especially you got to play on special teams, and everybody wants we can revisit DeAndre Hopkins. Remember that? Oh, let's go get DeAndre Hopkins. No. No, yeah, everybody can't get even with the people you have, they can't get them the football because here Dallas gets it nine targets, eight receptions, as you mentioned, for 117 yards, and all of a sudden Devontae's got one reception. Um, so it, it juggles around from week to week, but it's really difficult to get all these playmakers involved. So accumulating stars for Madden purposes or whatever you want to call it, fantasy football purposes, it doesn't work on a team. And that's why I constantly build up and how he's very good at this roster building and roles. And you got to figure out who can do this and who can do that. And part of it is certain guys aren't going to get the football. And are they going to be happy with that? Or are they going to sulk? And for the most part, the three stars, A.J., Devontae, and Dallas, don't sulk. 
Well, you've already seen it with AJ. He ain't happy when he doesn't get the football. Yeah. Guess what? Dallas ain't happy when he doesn't get the football. And Devontae, although he's well-schooled from his Alabama days, he ain't happy when he doesn't get the football. Um, and there, there's a reason for that. They're really, really good players. But good problem, still problem in that in that phrase. I agree with you on that. And since you brought it up, I just feel the need to respond. He, Quez did nothing on special teams this week. Uh, Quez doesn't play. No, he, he's, he's the third so, receiver. I'm, t- I'm talking about the fifth receiver. People, people want to accumulate. I'm not accusing you, but you saw it with DeAndre Hopkins. They just want the, the next best player. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know, I, I I understand that. I comprehend that. I kn- understood the value of Zach Pascal. I'm just not seeing the nuance to Quez Watkins, but uh, we'll move on from that. All right. Uh, you were there. I wasn't. Judging by television and uh, took a call or two last night from an individual who was out at the game. Is football that inconsequential in L.A.? Yes. That the, the Eagles can fly cross-country and absolutely have 50%. And that's my guesstimate. Volume, it sounded more than 50. It, sa- it really did legitimately on my television on Sunday. It sounded like an Eagles home game. My guess is shots in the crowd, about 50%. How much did they take over that stadium? Oh, completely. Yeah, it's about 50-50. And, it, it, you know, if the Rams, if it were similar, with were, the only reason it was 50-50 is because of how far it was. If it were closer, it would have been... Complete yeah, I'm, I'm 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 baking that in ahead of time. Yeah. You're it, going cross country and taking yeah. over somebody's stadium. But now here's the thing: everybody takes over in Los Angeles, so it's easy to take over there. Uh, San Francisco is uh, the most of now. It's much closer for those people, so that's like 70, 80. I mean, complete takeover. Um, Pittsburgh's going to be there in a couple weeks. Pittsburgh's another well-traveling cross country. They will take over. Everybody takes over in that stadium. Everybody takes over in that stadium. They do not care about football. It's a shame the team won a Super Bowl a few years ago. It's a beautiful stadium. I can't even explain to you how beautiful the stadium is. Have you been to Vegas yet? Yeah. I'm not impressed with Vegas. LA is significantly better than Vegas. Oh, not even in the same ballpark. Really? Not even I've been in the either one. Ballpark. That's why I asked. Um, of the newer stadiums, um, this is tremendous. Atlanta's tremendous. Minnesota's tremendous. Dallas is still awesome. Um, yeah, I was, especially since there's all the money in Las Vegas, they want kind of no frills on that thing. It's still nice because it's new, but compared to the those four specifically, I'm trying to think if I forgot one. Not even Houston's in the same. Pretty new. Have you been? Did you go to Houston last year for the Thursday night game? Yeah, yeah. Houston's nice. Houston's not as new uh, as those, but yeah, that's better as well. Um, but I would say those are the top four: uh, Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles. Minnesota, uh, Dallas, I would say, are the top four stadiums. This, this, well, this one, and um, this, they spent 
I think six billion. And and you and not only, you know, their NFL media has a big building right next door, their campus, they do all their work out there. So it's more than just the stadium. Um at from a league perspective, and obviously they wanted Southern California back in the mix for Super Bowls, and they've already had one. Yep. Um, and they'll have a bunch more. Yeah, the stadium is outrageous. Uh, it's it's tremendous. Uh, but everybody takes it over, and yeah, they just—I mean—they don't care about football. And the Raiders are still the most popular team, probably in in Los Angeles, and. That is more encompassing than uh, branding and everything. And the Rams have the most history. The Chargers are irrelevant. Um, everybody takes over. Everybody. So, I mean, the Eagles take over, I would say, them. If if I were going to rate traveling, I would say Eagles are right there with Pittsburgh. Dallas, Green Bay. And I don't even know if Dallas is traveling. They just have fans all over the place. Right. Um, you got to break it down even further. Is somebody getting on a plane from Dallas yeah. to go to another town? Yeah. Or do they just happen to be a fan of Dallas that already lives in that town and got their yeah. hands on tickets? You don't really know. I, I would say it's Philly, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, depending on the year. And, and you know, the Eagles are really good now. Um, you, you know who else travels pretty well? Cleveland. Cleveland does. Minnesota does. Den uh, Denver does, but they're kind of down. Um, there's a lot of teams that travel well. Um, and there's a lot of teams that don't. Um, but I would say the most consistent are Eagles, Pittsburgh, Green Bay. And a lot of that has to do with success. I mean, when your team stinks, you're less willing to, you know, it costs a lot of money, yeah. obviously, to go you know, from Philly one to fan Los base Angeles. That was that built up a reputation of tra traveling pretty well. Will come to a screeching halt. Patriots. When, when yeah. you're going to the Super Bowl every year, every other year, all of a sudden you're a bad football team. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to worry about uh, Patriots taking over your stadium between now and the end of the year. All right, we got to get another break. You fell behind. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Appreciate you streaming in on Birds 365. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys, less than 10 minutes away from ushering in uh, Ricky Ricardo, voice of the Eagles in Espanol, is going to jump in with us. Uh, Johnny Mac, don't know if you got any additional info to this. Brought up yesterday when you weren't here, and um, we saw what Jason Kelsey said to the TV cameras after the game uh, on Sunday. And he didn't really expound on what got him as overheated as he did. He explained, listen, I I only do this with people I love, which was nice to know. He loves Jeff Stoutland. He loves Nick Sirianni. It's a good, it's a love fest. I get that. That's very good. But he didn't tell anybody what he was so exercised about on the sidelines. And yeah, he was jawing right in Sirianni's face. And the thing that got me was he laid hands on Stoutland. You never see a player touch a coach. And I know he was just trying to make a point. It wasn't like he was trying to do. Yeah, it's a little too powerful. But he laid hands on his coach, which I was borderline shocked at. Did he ever expand on what the Eagles were, weren't doing in the red zone that got him so exercised that he brought it to the sidelines and got into it with his coaching staff? No, he he was asked, and he kept it in house as they typically do. And Nick, uh, not everybody well. does. AJ Brown will tell you there are certain guys that well, come out. Now even AJ, AJ Kelsey's too smart to do that. But yeah. other guys, the emotions get flowing. I give AJ credit though, because when he had the whole sideline thing, he said afterwards, "I got out." I wasn't sticking around. I wasn't yeah. there for you guys to talk to me afterwards because I need. Well, it would have been out. worse because Jason always talks. So him getting out would have been. Because he, but yeah, I mean, he, he's an emotional guy. Jason, like, you know, at practice, I remember 
the famous kicking of the trash can at practice the one time he get he gets fired up at times um yeah they they i'm they've struggled in the red zone <clears throat> as everyone uh consistently brings up and fair fairly i mean they're top 10 in basically everything on offense except red zone. uh red zone um and it haven't been good and teams are clearly trying to take away the the run in the red zone, which they were so effective, especially the quarterback run, forcing them to throw the football. And I don't think they're comfortable with that yet. And they got to figure that out. Um, and I think it was just frustration uh, as far as what exactly. Probably something to do with the running game and probably something to do with that. But I mean, if people want to stop the running game, they can stop the running game. And then you just got to, go in a different direction and i think that's the part the eagles haven't figured out and they need to figure out um and it's closed spacing but you got big bodies man just throw it up throw a fade to aj throw a uh throw a fade to dallas goddard that, what six five tight end like dallas goddard doesn't get fade patterns thrown to him in the red zone yeah, the what, eagles just what, don't what, do what? that kind of stuff what slot um, corner, and you will get a matchup with uh, every once in a while, Dallas against the slot corner. But most slot corners are 5'10, yeah. maybe 5'11. Yeah. It's six foot five. Dallas, God, you can't get the ball up and over that slot corner on that play. Yeah. Some, uh, I mean, a lot of that in that closed area uh, um, is, is just about letting the receivers make plays and, and go up over defensive backs who, who as you point out especially bigger guys um there aren't a lot of james bradbury size corner that's why we talked about bradbury in the slot it didn't make sense um but even on the outside there aren't a lot of those guys Tariq woolen types um uh, and and other teams take advantage of that the eagles haven't and i think they got to do more of that and then once you lighten, once you prove you can do that, then you can be, get back to the running game because right. people will start paying attention to that. So ultimately, I think it was just frustration. But and maybe Jason, you know, Jason's very savvy. Maybe he'll say what really set him off on his podcast. That's probably he's probably saving it. Probably say it's probably content. Should I be that big of a conspiracy theorist? No, he's probably uh, sure. Why, why not? But he might not have time on the podcast because Travis is going to have to explain why Teller didn't show up at the game this weekend. That will take up oh. a bigger chunk of the podcast. I, I this she week. didn't show up, huh? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. probably because it was Minneapolis. You don't want to go to Minneapolis. Okay. And I was thinking true love. And now I got a question out if she can't make the game. But uh, yeah, that, that it may or may not come up on the uh, podcast this week with Jason. And his brother. And I got to say that you probably didn't see this because these were playing um, at the time. I thought Travis was done. He's out on a pass play. He takes a bad step and he goes down like he shot at one of those non-contact injury things. And he just drops the football. That's how much pain it was. That's how much it hurt in the moment that Travis Kelsey, one of the best at holding on to the football, just dropped the football and he's got to crawl to get it back. He can't even get up to get it back. He crawls and extends and he pulls the ball back and he doesn't give it up. And then he very slowly gets up 
doesn't get up right away either. But he, when he does get up, he slowly gets. I up. know he came back and scored a touchdown. Um, he was done for the season. Yeah. Just well, I, I I did not see the play no. where he got where he hurt himself, but. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, him crawling. I'm sure there wasn't a Viking defender within 15 yards. No, no, he was, he was, well, what else is new? Travis, why would you cover that Kelsey guy if you're yeah. in the opposition? It there. boggles my mind how wide open he gets. He's like Cooper Cup. He's just so great at running patterns and just make it. He, he makes other teams look really bad. But I'll be honest, John, I thought his season was over. It just, I have seen enough of these non-contract injuries. When hey. you go down like that, you look that bad. You're off. Rip. You brought up Las surgery. Vegas. I thought. I thought. I think it was Vegas. Uh, um, I thought Jason Kelsey was done the one year. It was the play before halftime. I'll never forget it. He was in such pain, and he walked up, and I said, "Up, oh, he's done. He's done for the year." Kelsey finally got got, and he missed one play, and he was back out there for the for the. Second half. They they grow those Kelsey boys tough as all hell. He's McMullen on McDonald. I see in our waiting room the voice of the Eagles and Espanol, Ricky Ricardo, joins us next here on Bird Street 65. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac guys. Oh. Johnny Mac took a powder, maybe took a power head. I don't know what the hell happened to my partner, John McMullen. But he'll be back with us in a second. In the meantime and in between time, I get to talk to the voice of the Eagles in Espanol. You hear my WIP as well. Ricky Ricardo, and I'm glad to say, you go T game is looking good there, Ricardo. Not too shabby. You got, right. I, I, I go big and white. You go well-trimmed and dark. We're a nice contrast between each other. Uh, it's, it's the off season, you know, the Yankees facial hair policy ah. doesn't count in, uh, in the off season, Jody. So I they, they, are you sure that the Yankees don't have people out there keeping an eye on you? <laughs> you are you an Instagram guy? You putting pictures up? They're going to know that you are you allowed? Is it, it written in your contract? You are allowed to have a goatee during the off season. I think I can go no further than this. All but right. if I keep it nice and trimmed and keep it this way, I think everybody's all right with it. Does looks good, my friend. All right, uh, Eagles are five and zero, oh, and that's kind of what John and I do. We point out what the Eagles are doing really well. God, we sung the praises of Jalen Carter for twenty minutes in our first hour tonight on how just eye-catchingly dominant he's been for a rookie five games into a season. How good he is! But we also point out the shortcomings and what could be improved that the catchphrase in football now these days, clean up. We can still clean some things up, and the Eagles mm-hmm. have some things they can clean up, but uh, it always has to end with comma, but they're 5-0. and Do they look like a 5-0 and team to you? We know they are. Do they look it? No. No, and that's, that's in a weird sort of way, it's a good thing. And I've been saying this all along. Somehow, this team, without playing, in my opinion, without playing a full game where in every phase they play up to their capability or potential, whatever word you want to use, and still they're undefeated. But no, I don't think they have looked as, in any way, shape, or form, as strong as they did last year. Not on offense. It's been sporadic. On defense, they've had their moments. They're good enough to be 5-0, and special teams especially. Still has a lot to be, quote-unquote, like you guys say, cleaned up. But I said this on the air the other night. You want to be playing your best football, let's say, in December, going into the, you know, let's say the last five, six weeks of the season, going into the postseason. If that be the case then this team is winning while it's still trying to find itself under these two new coordinators and, you know, the the, uh, the tumultuous offseason of – and I mean tumultuous, a very busy offseason for the quarterback with a new contract, uh, yeah, a lot more attention, uh, endorsements, things of that nature. Everything that goes on with a team that's been as good as the Eagles, but to be 5-0 and oh, and, in my opinion, still have so much more room to grow, I think is a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. Bounce back. Good to see you, Ricky. A little computer problem there, but I'm back in the mix. Uh, The one concern I have uh, above all others is that secondary. Mm. I'm not impressed. Um, Other than 
the outside corners. Now they have James Bradbury back where he belongs. I think that's a good thing. He got beaten for a touchdown by Puka Nakua, but I thought it was great coverage. Sometimes the other team makes a good play. You got to give them credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slay still Slay. Um, he got. And, beat oh, by, by the way, Cooper he got Cup. beat a couple times. Yeah, too. he got yeah. beat by Cooper Cup. But I mean, Cooper Cup's really good. Yeah. Again, sometimes you have to say, "Hey, the other team's got good players as well." Um, the slot was a mess. Um, Justin Evans was back. That kind of settled things down. But I don't think he played that well. Reed Blankenship, I think, is doing a solid job. But at some point, Ricky, I think, and I don't know who. But somebody's going to try to max protect against the Eagles and just take advantage of that secondary. Can they hold up uh, long-term to get where they want to go? We all know the expectations for this team. There's nothing else. Super Bowl or bust. I think if, if there's any slippage between now and the end of the month, What's the trade deadline, guys? Halloween. 31st, three Halloween, weeks yeah. from today. Three weeks from today, the trade deadline. This team continues to win but shows that vulnerability. I think Howie Roseman will pull the trigger on a deal to sew up that secondary. That's the one place, and, and, uh, and John, I agree with you 100%. The one part of this team that is showing that it could leak oil at times, and uh, the Bradley Roby... The whole, look, once you once Maddox is gone for the year now, it, it's a revolving door in that slot corner position, and, and that's been the most vulnerable. I think that's the one place, and I think Roseman is is n- understands this. Obviously, this season, it's Super Bowl or bust. If you've got to make one more deal, and you've got he's got draft capital, he's got everything he needs. There's going to be somebody out there that's going to be available between now and three weeks to shore up that one position out linebacker up and down. You know, if, if they don't sign uh, Cunningham and uh, who's the other guy that, uh, that retired that, that tried to bring in uh, miles, Jack, miles Jack, they don't make those moves to at least take a look at some veteran guys, the linebacker position, although the way they play defense is it, it's not, I don't know. They don't need a Lawrence Taylor and a Carl Banks or you, you don't need top-notch. You can only may rest in peace Dick Buckus. Uh, but that's the one piece that I think really needs to be addressed because you're right, whether it's Max Protect or whether we get, uh, you know, Brock Purdy with George Kittle over the middle and Iuke. And when, once you get a team that can really, really burn you, that's the one position and that's the one pe- place on the field over the middle where I think the Eagles are very, very vulnerable. And doubling down on the linebacker position, a week before last, uh, Nicholas Morrow with a sack fest. Yes. Where he became their best pass rusher. Didn't see that one coming, but he did. And John and I kicked around. He said he kicked around on the postgame show with stats. Is it a given that when the Kobe Dean comes back, he goes right back in? Or has Morrow played that well that you really have to think about maybe slow playing the Kobe back into the lineup? Yeah, this week, Morrow and Cunningham didn't light the world on fire statistically and or uh, watching the game. Uh, so if Nicobe is clear, you think they go right back to him as the green dot guy and he's playing close to 100% of the snaps the same way the linebackers did last year? 
I thought Nicobe the first, you know, the, the first action we saw of him this year was showing signs of maybe being that kid that we thought he'd be. I'd still do the slow play, Jody, to tell you the truth. Uh, I hate to put labels on guys, but we're another injury or two from the Kobe Dean maybe being labeled as quote unquote injury prone, which you hate to do, but you, you know, your best availability is, uh, is, is your availability. Obviously you're, you know, the old saying, but I'm trying to say your best ability is your, yeah, but wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Mm-hmm. He played all 32 of those snaps last year and never got hurt. No. What are you talking about, injury well, prone? That's the first of, time he's ever been hurt in his he, Eagle career. Well, he came out of school. He came out of school. <laughs> school hurt, you know. Uh, but look, Morrow's been a godsend at times. But you're right. The, you really can't. You, you can't close your the, the Eagle defense. I can close my eyes and say that rotation on the defensive line. It's going to do its job. Uh, you're right. You guys are absolutely uh, right about Jalen Carter. He's been a godsend. And I think he's lifted the play of all the other Georgia guys anyway. Uh, so uh, Fletcher being out this week, you could there was a hole there. You could tell this past week, Cox not being in the line. I noticed it anyway. But still, the one part of that defense that I think is going to uh, eventually need to be addressed with a personnel move is that slot corner and then hopefully hopefully at linebacker they can hold up as good or maybe as if nicobe can finally take and continue to grow and, and take those next steps forward that the linebacker position uh, can be something we don't need to worry about you know i i, I ricky i think i think bradley roby's gonna be fine in the slots um when he gets up to speed simply because he knows how to play and this defensive front is so good. I mm-hmm. think there's a still enough in the tank that he can handle the job in this town, maybe in other towns he couldn't at this stage of his career, but because that defensive front is so good, that's the luxury the Eagles have, but that's why I bring up the max protect. Somebody's going to pay. All right. Let's test this secondary. Let's test this secondary. Um, and that all also includes the linebackers uh, with, as you mentioned, um, Nick Morrow has played very well. Zach Cunningham didn't have a good game, at least from PFF numbers out in Los Angeles. And we mentioned the Kobe Dean. They have to make three roster moves, guys, three. Uh, they got to get Roby on the 53. At some point, they only got two more elevations. They got to get Nicobe on the 53 when he's completely healthy, and they got to get the punter on the 53 now because they're out of elevations. Um, that's a lot. You know, are we just going to say, oh, Mario Goodrich, unfortunately, I think he's one who's going to go. Uh, this, this team's pretty deep. Howie's got his work cut out for him when it comes to Figuring out but this did, roster. Didn't they put why am I Cam Jergens on IR? Cam Jergens on IR, yes. Um so that clears the roster. That clears spot. one for four weeks, but you know. Right. And I don't know the answer to this. If either of you two guys do, please do so. I know Ricky, you and I are baseball guys. You can retroactively put a guy on the disabled list. Yeah, you can't do that. that. It, can't it, do that. It, the no, day that's... you put him on, you got to back off four weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's got to yeah, miss. Yeah, I like games. baseball's rule better. Yeah. You can wait a couple of days and go. All right, yeah, we can just put him back on the IR now, and he's only actually out for seven days rather than yeah. ten. NFL should take a page out of baseball yeah. on that one. No, no, no flexibility like that in, in in football. But you're right, John. But look at Howie. We trust uh, now. Man is is still on that back and forth. And and by the way, has he impressed you guys? Brandon? No, no. Uh, no, but do you really want to go through that the entire year? I've, I've heard people say that. Just keep bringing in punters, and you get three elevations and, and keep going that way. But, boy, I, I, I don't like that. I, I think they 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 make Michael Clay's job difficult enough. I mean, just give him a punter. He might not be the best punter in the world, but I, I think he's done enough to where they say, all right, he can occasionally – do his job <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's the best we can hope for at this point and they don't punt that much anyway let's be honest yes the kid that got his name cleared i forget his name that the super punter yeah, yeah he's punch uh, god yeah he's been picked not, up by no one and no, i no, i don't understand ricky it. but it's uh, and nobody I, wants the, to go down that route the eagles well and and guess what? The Eagles are saying thank you very much that nobody went down that route with Jalen Carter before they came up at night. And by the way, guys, the you know, people make that comparison with what's the difference between Matt Horizon and Deshaun Watson? Really? Really? One's a quarterback, one's a punter. Yeah, the quarterbacks, they'll sell their soul for. And, and by the way, Cleveland's probably regretting uh, that decision right now. Yeah. But quarterback... Yeah, punter. No, nobody's no. going to put up with anything. Period. <laughs> End of sentence. Yeah, yeah. You're right. yeah. So that's now, part of how it. How is it? Can I ask? Let me ask you guys. How is it? And Jody, this is something really near and dear to both you and me because I think we're we're both from the cradle Jet fans. Yep. How can it be that the New York Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles? Man. Never. Oh, for yeah. thirteen. Well, they beat them in the preseason. Oh. <laughs> and they always... tied. They tied yes. them in the preseason, too. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things. And I thought this was going to be the year before the season when Jody and I did the win, that's a win, that's a loss game, Ricky. Yeah. I had the Jets as the first loss. But, of course, that was the Aaron Rodgers Jets. All right, but you did say you thought they could lose one of their first five, John. I did. You you uh, didn't you didn't officially and formally yes. attach a loss to any of the five games, yeah. but you did say I did. No, I think they could lose one of those yeah. first five, and I I've been wrong, um, which is why I said today, I I, I I'm kind of sick of this team, Ricky, because they win every week and it's boring for me. And I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there at halftime in Los Angeles, and I'm saying, ah, you know. The Rams are looking pretty good here. They can't – the Eagles don't know what to do with Cooper Cup, and they just shut it down. The Eagles just shut it down. Uh, this team is really, really impressive. They just out – they're just relentless, and they just out-talent teams. And ultimately, at the end, people might hang in for a quarter. It might be two quarters. might even be three quarters. But then they start to wear down, and it's usually the offensive line or the defensive line. Why can't anybody else in this league figure that out? It's supposed to be a copycat league. Why do so many other teams build 
you know, Atlanta would be my best example of this. Oh, let's draft the running back. Let's draft the tight end. Let's draft the receiver. You can't you can't play offense if you can't block people. You can't play defense unless you can rush the quarterback. Look, Why the can't... Howie blueprint, the Howie blueprint is something that when I watch the Miami Dolphins, I say to myself, my God, they've got they've got more weapons. Then anybody else in the I, I guess the kid the running back is going to be out now. Deshane, he's yeah, hurt. He's got a knee injury. Determined. They, they haven't they haven't come out with a statement yet, but they're fearful that his knee is going to be an issue. So he may miss. He'll probably miss the Eagle game if if you know. Yeah. If yeah. Anything to that. Uh, but you're right. The Eagles win, and it, they win in the trenches. They're a resilient bunch. They've got talent all over. Like I said, the, the the one position that they could sew up, I guess, is in the secondary. But there's a mindset, there's a mentality with this team that they're not beating it. You can't beat us. That What I really, really like, and, and I don't know if this is a Sirianni thing, but they have grown into a team. Maybe it's the leadership. It's it, it's the Jason Kelsey's and, and the Fletcher Cox or the Brandon Grant's. They've got a mentality here that no matter what, we're going to eventually beat you. You can keep up with us, as the Rams did in the first half of this game past this past Sunday. You can play with, with us for a little while, but we're eventually going to squash you like a grape. And they do that on both lines of scrimmage. So uh, why other teams don't look at this blueprint and build from the inside out instead of the outside in, I've I've asked myself that question on on several occasions, especially when I watch teams like the Dolphins that have so much talent, but that, you know, the the line play leaves a lot to be desired. And uh, don't kid yourself. The reason why they're having a success offensively and they're on a pace to have more yards than any team in the history of the National Football League is Tua because he gets the ball out as quickly as he does, not because of a massive improvement to the Dolphins' offensive line. No, it's all about the quarterback. It's all about the quarterback. Mike McDaniel, I think, he had a great quote about that record. He was like, yeah, that's our goal, to have the most yards in the first five games. He's like, I don't give a shit. But I I like that from Mike McDaniel. Yeah, but he'll he'll take four and one and in first place in that division with Buffalo having lost last week to fall to three and two. All right, uh, Ricky, I will borrow from our friend Jim Nance a tradition like any, uh, unlike any other, the Jets and Eagles' fourth and final preseason game of the year, which went by the boards and bummed me. I love the fact that they always played no. the last game every year. And when the Jets could lose, I go, yeah, but nobody played. Come on, it doesn't matter. When they played during the regular season, the Jets never win. They're 0-13. Um, and it's going to happen again this week. And for a reason that I didn't see coming, and tell me if you feel the same about this. Like John said, when the schedule comes out, you put your W's and L's on there. I really thought, well, I'm on record as having said, I got wagering tickets I could show you that have the Jets against the Eagles in the Super Bowl this year. That was my big off-season play to try and pick the two teams in the Super Bowl. That went by the boards four plays into the Jets season when Aaron Rodgers went down. So I had concerns for this game way back when, from an Eagle perspective, that this could be a game, first game. I thought they were going 5-0, and oh, and this could be, very well be their first loss. I think the Jets are in a bad position this week to even be competitive, not because they don't have Aaron Rodgers, and that's a massive drop-off to Zach Wilson, but I think this is a letdown game for the Jets. Mm-hmm. 
after they'll go out and win one for the Hackman, right. uh, Mr. Hackett this week, when was the last time you remember a team rallying around an assistant coach and giving him a game ball afterwards and going berserko on the field <laughs> and in the locker room afterwards? This is a letdown game for an a assistant letdown. coach. A letdown yet, game. It is. And, game and, six. You would think and, that it's because the Eagles are five. No, it's not going to be an Eagle letdown game. It's going to be a Jet letdown game. And for an assistant coach, by the way, who's been there all of a half an hour. Right, I mean, exactly. He's only there because they wanted to lure Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and they yeah. brought in his favorite offensive coordinator. Look, they needed whatever to motivate them this past Sunday. They got it done. But I agree with you 100%. I've been, I've been telling people since Sunday, I said, the Jets probably left it all on the field in Denver. Who knows for how long? It'll take them. I think they've got a bye. Yeah, the Jets' bye is in week seven. So – those players are already looking at the Aruba trip coming up here. <laughs> the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to run right through this team. They're going to take their week off, their bye week, and then come back and see what the heck happens after that. But you're absolutely right. You know, uh, Sean Payton planted that seed with that commentary, which was very unprofessional of him. Uh, early in the you know in the uh, what in the in the preseason, they they circled the calendar going out to Denver. Yeah. And it Brees Hall has this incredible 170 some odd yard game this past week. I agree with you, Jody. I, I think from a jet point of view, and they play much better on the road, by the way, than they do at the mm-hmm. at the Meadowlands. Uh I, I think the Eagles, not that they'll have an easy time of it, because the Jets defense in itself is pretty good, but when they put a little pressure on Zach Wilson. And things could turn ugly early Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and I'm going under 170 on Brees Hall. Uh, with yeah. the Eagles. <laughs> um, they're a little bit better. You know, typically, it's interesting Jody brings that up. Typically, I would say this is a letdown game for the Eagles. Eagles, right. Uh, coming in at 5-0, and Miami on the horizon as the most explosive offense in the league, getting all the hype, um, maybe look past this game, but I, they don't do that. It's no. that that's where I give Nick Sirianni the most credit. I'm not, I think people get too bogged down in the X's and O's. I think good coaches are more good managers of people and, and, and they keep guys on the same page. Um, and they're able to create, I hate that word, but culture, since there's no better word. And you brought up the leadership of this team. Um, they don't really have letdown games. Um, they struggle at points during games, but they're pretty locked in for the most part. And, it, um, and it's and it's MetLife Stadium. Let's face it. There's something yeah. about this building. When the Eagles go there, even with Gardner Minshew the last time they were able to beat the Oh, wow, that's Gardner's best uh, best that game. That was Gardner's uh, big highlight reel. Yeah. I can yeah. see him and his dad right Walked now. Walked in the outside. office and said, hey, am I the starting quarterback? That's yeah. how well he played. So the, the Eagles <laughs> play well at MetLife Stadium, regardless of what color the, the, uh, the facade is, whether they have the green lights or the blue lights on, which I think is a joke, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they should leave it gray. It's such a great place. It's such you a know, Boston place. Scott may think it's a giant game, so 
Look out for Boston Scott this week to have a big game one way or the other. Ooh, I hadn't even thought about that. Nah, That's he's right. Giants. Nah, he's it's Boston Stadium. Nah. Well, last time, uh, right. last time against the Jets, uh, he had a big game against the Jets. Yeah, a, but I, it's you know, fine. I, it, it's all it, DeAndre's healthy. Uh, he's not going to get the opportunity, I don't think, unfortunately. But the Giants, they might, they might work something in for Boston. Look out for a kickoff return for something from Boston Scott. I I predicted now for a couple weeks and been wrong. Uh, so I'll go there again. I do it with tongue half implanted in cheek, not really meaning it, but interested by it. When are we going to get the first, yeah, but Rashad Penny is looking good in practice quote out of Nick Sirianni? Because he did that Ooh. last year with Trey Sermon. Yeah, I know he's not playing. But, man, does he look good in practice. Man, is he busted in practice. And, John, I thought of you yesterday listening to the Sirianni press conference, the, the intensity that they practice with. He really went there. The intensity that they practice with in the 25-minute walkthroughs that they have. But they're intense 25-minute walkthroughs. When are we going to get to Rashad Petty's looking great in practice, even though he's on an inactive list every week? When is that, when is that quote coming from Coach Sirianni, Ricardo? <laughs> That could be coming soon. Uh, look, I, I'm still perplexed at the why. It, uh, I, I haven't heard a reason where I can put my finger on it. All right, that makes sense. What have you guys deciphered from what you've heard about why Penny hasn't been able to play this year? Why can't he get on the field? Uh, he's the fourth running back. Yeah. <laughs> and they're only I think, you know, great. we were talking about the roster. He might be one of those guys that has to go. Mm -hmm. Um not impossible. And, uh, you know, they signed a kid, Bryant Kobach, a couple weeks ago is on the practice squad. They they worked out a kid, I forget his name, last week. If they like them and they're comfortable with that and they need a spot for Mann or Dean or, um, as you mentioned, they, 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 they only need two spots. Roby, they can hold off a couple weeks. He'd be one of my first candidates to go. Goodrich would be first, then Penny. And then I don't even know who number three would be, but those would be the first two names that uh, that that crop up for me: Mario Goodrich and uh, Rashad Penny. Now Mario's played and he's played poorly, but I got to tell you, even Mario Goodrich, that poor kid, he gets two opportunities. The first one was against Justin Jefferson, and the second one was against Cooper Cup. I'm not, I'm not sure he just flat out can't play. I mean, that's difficult. That's difficult. Those are uh, tough assignments. Yeah. Those are tough assignments. Yeah. But man, life's not fair, Ricky. <laughs> All right, Ricky, I'm going to ask you one more before we let you run. Um, is there a chance this week, if they're in this tremendously competitive practice they're going to have this week? The intense, uh, the intense practice. Intense yeah. practice. High impact practice they're going to have that if uh, one of their wide receivers ends up getting hurt, uh, turns an ankle, whatever else, uh, maybe his name's Quez Watkins, will they elevate uh, Devin Allen from the practice squad? Because apparently to Coach Sirianni, the threat of Quez Watkins stretching the defense gets A.J. Smith and Devontae uh, Ad A.J. Uh, you know the two eagle wide receivers I'm referring to open because of the threat of Quez Watkins and his speed. It is a key component, apparently, to the Eagles passing game. Well, if you got to have speed as your third wide receiver, 
I nominate Devin Allen. I'll tell you right now, I think you beat Quez Watkins in a race. So if that's what gets the other wide receivers open, will Devin Allen get a chance if a wide receiver spot opens for the Eagles this week? It would not shock me one bit. And Quez Watkins, who, by the way, got as many targets as Devontae Smith this past week, that's going to have to be addressed at some point, gentlemen. I'm not convinced about Quez Watkins. John, could he be that? Could he be one of those guys that you move off? To potentially no, cut? No, no, no shot. No, they love him. No, Sirianni's going to adopt him. No, he no, defends yes. him to no end, even no, though he doesn't yeah. deserve it. I know a lot of a lot of people would like that, but no, that's not happening. Uh, I'd love to see Devin out. I, look, I thought when was he? Was it a preseason game that he had that great kick? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Devin. It, it, I get where we were talking about this early. So, I mean, Devin, obviously, he might be the fastest player in the NFL. Um, I, I don't think he's, you know, he hasn't played receiver for six years. And you could argue he didn't really play receiver at Oregon. <laughs> he, he can't do the other stuff. But, yeah, uh, from the standpoint, they elevated him once to be the kick returner. But yeah, that's a perfect example. I think that was Cleveland. You can't just let people run down the field because he ran by people and he scored a touchdown. Um, <laughs> and and that sort of highlights why they want that kind of speed on the field. And, and I think it's great that Devin has been an Olympic hurdler and now he's in the books as an official NFL player because he was elevated for that one game and he got the kickoff return. I think that's pretty cool. But I, I don't think he's ever going to be a Who's big Who's the better track star, a.k.a. receiver? The uh, Ronaldo Nehemiah experiment years ago with the 49ers or Devin Allen as an eagle? Well, I think probably Devin's a better receiver. I, I was going to say he played in college. Ronaldo got on the field and actually yeah, he did, did make plays. Yeah, he did play. Um, so you would have to say Ronaldo – certainly did more in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll go Bob Hayes. Can I go Bob Hayes? Ooh, that's another good <laughs> one. Bob Hayes was, was phenomenal back yeah. in the day. Yeah. All right, Ricardo, we're running out of time. We're going to let you go. Just go ahead. It's like rip the Band-Aid off. 27-17, birds. Yeah, that's what Ooh, I figured. That's closer I, I, than I, uh, I got to go I, I But over, over, under, Three sacks, Jalen Carter on Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, you you heard the updated injury news yesterday, right? No, Elijah Vera Tucker done for the year. Oh yes, year. I forgot about that. I did hear about that. Oh, that's even worse. The, the only guy who had a chance, maybe on the Jets interior, to keep uh, Jalen Carter or, off or Zach, Wilson. Zach Wilson's back. Or Zach yeah, Wilson. It, it could be ugly on Sunday, and I'll be there watching it crying uh ricky ricardo always a pleasure our friend thank you very much thanks gracias amigo i'll be there too gentlemen it's gonna rain by the way forecast is for rain now on both saturday of course because i gotta drive up the turnpike it always there's always a slow track but i will see you there boys and it's always a pleasure thanks ricky thank you very much ricky ricardo from uh the it's Eagles. always bad weather when I go up or come down. It, either coming back from that game or going up. It's always bad weather. Yeah, your your percentage of doing it might be higher than mine, but uh, overall number of times up and down the turnpike in bad weather, 
oh, I win that one because I did it for years on a day in, day out basis, six days a week. So uh, I know how to navigate bad weather on the New Jersey Turnpike. And if we got to do it again on Sunday, so be it. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. Mac and Mac coming back to put a bow on the show. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Running out of time. Uh, don't forget, Bill Calarulo coming up here next on the Jacob Media YouTube station after we put the bow on this show. Uh, Got to give a nod here. Uh, John McMullen, you did not have the quote of the day on the show. Jody McDonald did not have the quote of the day. Ricky Ricardo did not have quote of the day. Got to give it to one of our streamers here, Kevin Savard. I recognize Kevin. He's not one of the regular guys where every single day uh commenting and and reaching out to us and we thank you all appreciate it greatly you guys if nothing else you entertain me and john or tick off me and john at some point during the show and we thank you for that 
while you're at it, while we're showing you love, you can show us love and hit the like button as you get out the door here on today's show. Uh, did you see this one from Kevin Savard? Wilson will be on his back more on Sunday than he is with the MILFs. Now, I think most people understand where he's going with that. He did perfectly without uh, going I into think... great detail of what yeah. the MILFs mean. But if you're any kind of a football fan, you know exactly what he's referring to. And he's dead on right. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to be making Zach Wilson's life heck on Sunday with their pass rush, having you know, jacked it up a couple notches this week and the Jets offensive line being a mess. Yeah, I got I, I Well, I, I agree. I luck. I think the Eagles are going to win this game and win it pretty easily. Um, Zach Wilson playing a little bit better, but uh, yeah, there's some, uh, there's some issues there. Um, moms, I'd like to, and you can yeah. insert yeah. the rest. That that's why uh, I give Kevin Zach is Zach is uh uh somewhat famous for it. But uh it it yeah, he struggled and he's facing the best uh defensive front in football. We talked a lot about um Jalen Carter. But I, yeah, yeah, I did want to get more into that secondary tomorrow. We probably got too bogged down in the Quez Watkins talk, but I'm concerned about that secondary. I, I, I don't, I don't. In the middle of the field, and not only back seven, I should say more than because I like the corners, I like the outside corners. It's more of the linebackers. It's more of the middle of the field, um, and I, I, somebody's gonna, and it, it Miami would be obviously the most notable if they can hold up in protection. And I, I thought, I thought the Rams, I think that's what's lost in this game for whatever reason, Sean McVay went away from it. I don't know why I, I, I didn't see any of the Rams people ask him why. Um, obviously I can't get into his press conference because I got to go to Nick in the locker room and Jalen. I don't know why they went away with it, but it was an issue early in the game. And I don't think the answer is necessarily on the roster, but you can't have a star at every position. You can't. Right, but you can have better guys in depth and a guy whose name will come up tomorrow if we're going to do more about the secondary. Keely Ringo. Really? Ricks is stepping in, getting some reps before Keely Ringo is? That's a fourth-round draft pick. I know he's the gunner on special teams, but that does not bode well. I know it's very early, five games into his career, but if he were being another player with experience where the guy who was stepping up over him on what we thought was the depth chart, for the, it's, a, it's an undrafted rookie who is getting snaps ahead of him. That's not a good sign. But we'll save that for tomorrow. Be back here, Manana with Mac and Mac on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.